All right, so we, last week we talked about mercy and grace. <clears throat> and we know that um, mercy is, or grace is getting what we don't deserve. So that's like the blessings that God gives us, right? And mercy is not getting what we do deserve, like hell. And I just feel like in this season, God is just really having us focus on mercy and grace because it gets really easy to just get into judgment, doesn't it? Like if someone's driving and they took, me and Lana were driving the other day in Muskegon and um, this guy, he was at this light and then I'm behind him and there was another person behind me and it wasn't a busy area and he was up a little further so he couldn't see when the light changed and this car behind me like when we turn, almost hits me to get in front of him and start giving him certain fingers and yelling at this guy. And I'm like watching this, you know, trying to get not hit. And I thought, man, because he waited three seconds, they're judging him and thinking like he's a terrible driver and why isn't he doing this? And I'm thinking how easy it is for judgment to come in there where I'm looking and saying, oh, he pulled up like two feet too far so he can't see the light. <laughs> you know, he needed a, like a honk because he couldn't see when it turned green and I thought like how easy it is to like judge and like go after somebody and I think sometimes we do that in our thoughts don't we so I want to be reminded how important mercy and grace is so I'm going to talk about being under the microscope so how many guys remember you know science class looking at the microscopes how many of you guys actually never saw anything because you didn't know how to use the microscope and then you just lied and said that you saw it too that's me I didn't it always looked black, but I wanted to be like, okay, I see this. I don't know what's happening. Um, but when we look under a microscope, um, when we're looking there, even like assessing ourselves or others, it can look a little distorted. You know, it, it kind of judges, dissects everything, finds the smallest imperfections, whether intentional or un unintentional. We begin to find those things when we're looking for them, right? So, because things look different under a microscope. So I'm, I got some slides here real quick Jordan's going to put up. So look at this. Think about what you think that might be. Looks kind of dirty and gross. Yeah. So let's see what it really is. Can't, oh, could we hit the light off, Mercy? It's a little dark, sorry. Yeah, because it is. Try the other one. There we go. It's a record. Okay, so that looks nice. That looks beautiful. Okay, well, this looks fun. Wait, think about that's your hair. <laughs> okay, what do you think this one is? All right, isn't that beautiful? That looks gross. All right, you can hit that light on. So did you see under the microscope? Like when you look at your hair, now you're going to think, do I really look like that? Is that what's going on, the skin in there? I mean, that skin in the last one, I'm like, ooh, I'm glad nobody sees, looks at me like that, right? Mm -hmm. I would not be happy if someone was going around with a microscope up to my face and be like, I want to see what you look like today. You don't want to see. <laughs> and I like that even like the rose petal, like we couldn't see the beauty of it until... You, you came back and, and you looked at it as a whole. Because under the microscope, there's no grace. There's no room for any grace there. You're seeing every little detail, every 
every wrinkle, ev everything. So there's no grace under the scope. It's so close that we can't see the big picture of what God is doing, what, what God has destined, what he's planned, can we? If we're looking at just getting in there, seeing every little imperfection, or so up close we can't see what's going on around us, you know, the, the big picture is what shows us the true intent, right? You know, the walk of repentance, the motives, the struggle, the trauma, the grace, the restoration. That's the big picture. When you see something, someone do something wrong, you might not see them repent. You might not see God restore them. You just saw them make a mistake, right? So, um, I was listening to this pastor. He's been a pastor for a long time. And he said, he said, most pastors or leaders or ministers, they actually, most resignations come on a Monday. And he, and I was like, wow, this is cool. And he said, he said, because people see if they misspeak or if they say something they don't like or they get offended, or they didn't feel like the presence of God was coming so close. They put them under this microscope and, and they judge them so closely that the harshness sometimes of the people that they're trying to serve comes back on them. And he's like, but what people don't realize, they have done, you know, tons of, you know, um, um, studies and they found out that if you preach for an hour a week, it's the same as working for eight hours. Eight hours, because you're carrying the presence of God with you. And he said, so when, when I heard that, I thought, I never, I've never, me and Matt, we talked about, I said, you know, I've never felt that. I said, because God gave us something. He gave us each other. So when one of us gets burnt, when one, <clears throat> when one of us is under the pressure, the other one is still there. I couldn't imagine being by myself or Matt being by himself doing that. And I thought, but how easy it is to put things under the microscope because I've been there too. I've been there like, why'd they say that? Why'd they do that? Why'd they act like that? You know, um, I don't agree with that. And we put it under the microscope and we can't see the big picture that, you know, and I'm just using, I'm using leaders or pastors because that's where I am right now. But when we look at that and say, wow, there actually is more going on. There's a bigger picture. Oh, I didn't know that they spent 15 hours a week preparing for this. I didn't know that they spent an hour every day, you know, worshiping and asking God to speak. I didn't know that they prayed for the people, you know, this week so that if they heard a word for them or they, or they, um, or they needed to pray for something that was going on in their life, I didn't know because the only person I was thinking about was me. Because sometimes that's, that happens. We do that in our own lives. And I'm just using that example, but sometimes we do that to moms too, right? We ask them for all of these things. And we don't realize there's other siblings, parents need that, you know, school, all of this. And it's like, we got to look at the big picture. What's the intent? So when mom gets mad and is like, just sit down, be quiet. You know, she already probably had a long day, right? And I'm using the same thing as that big picture. What is the true intent of what is trying to be brought? What, what is happening? So if, if you see something, we need to, there's some different things that we need to do. So I'm going to go into Matthew 7. <clears throat> and it's gonna, I'm going to start right at the first, the first um, scripture. First verse. It says, don't judge so that you won't be judged. <clears throat> For the way you judge others is how you will be judged. The, me the measure with which you measure out will be used to measure you. 
Why do you see the splinter in your brother's eye, but do not notice a log in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take that splinter out of your eye when you have a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, then you will see clearly so that you can remove the splinter from your brother's eye. I have went around with some logs in my eyes before. How many, what about you guys? There's times I'm like, whoop. It is so easy to find fault when we're looking for it. It's easy to find judgment when we want to be the judge. I'm going to say that again. It is easy to find judgment when we want to be the judge. Are we the judge? No. No. But God really put on there, it's like it's really easy to find judgment when we're going around wanting to be that judge. Well, look at this. Look at their life. At least I'm not. God taught me a long time ago when I say at least I don't or at least I'm not that I'm probably going to enter into sin. (laughs) Right? Because I'm going to judge. Because my own insecurity. We don't judge. We judge out of our own insecurity. And there's only one, excuse me, There's only one thing, one person, one atmosphere or kingdom that can withstand that microscope of judgment, and that is the kingdom of God. There is no flaws. It looks perfect up close, far away. It doesn't matter, right? That is the only flawless place is the kingdom of God because our king is flawless. He's sinless. He is 100% restorative, and we need to look at that and say, who is the judge? I need to put it against the word. I'm struggling here. So when we hear um, or see something bad, negative, sinful, prideful, rebellious, whatever it is, about someone else, do we want to put that under the microscope and look for those splinters? Or is it better to maybe say, man, that's so sad. It's good. They're going to go through some hard things. Because if they're living in sin or rebellion, they're going to go through some hard things. How much better to say, man, that's so sad. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to pray that God meets them instead of putting judgment on them. I'm going to pray that they can hear well from the Lord. Even more so, are you even the one who's supposed to say something or to remove that splinter? You ever try to go get a splinter? It is a real splinter. There is sin. There's, that's really going on. But are you the one to do it? I see people, I work with children a lot. I've worked with children, you know, teaching people how to take punishment out of their homes. You know, I've done classes. I do parenting classes. And I walk around in public and sometimes I see children that are out of control The parents are out of control. I don't go running up to people in the public and say, I can fix this for you. Let me just take your kid. You're just screwing this up. Let me, you know, if you did this or, you know. I'm not the person to do that, right? But if I have a relationship or they come to me and they come take my class and they say, I don't know what to do with my kids. I'm like, I got some ideas for you. can do that because I have a relationship. So make sure you know you're the person that should be removing the splinter, right? Sometimes we do have to help people remove things, but 
Make sure that's your job. Your job, because whose job is it to remove, remove that, get that help, get relief for them? You know, I, and so I thought about when my kids got splinters. How many of you guys have decks or something, and your kids get splinter? You know what? When my kids got a splinter, they want mom to remove it. Why is that? I mean, it's still going to hurt, right? I still take a needle, and I'm digging around in there, and I'm like, you're fine. Don't cry, right? <laughs> Why do they keep coming back? And I got a sharp object I'm going to poke you with, and don't cry when I do this. And they keep coming back. Why, Why is that? It's still going to hurt. But a mother is doing it out of love because they don't want that pain to continue, that pain to fester. So if there is an area that you have to help somebody that you it's going to be out of love, not out of judgment. Does that mean? So there's the first thing to think about. Okay, am I thinking this, saying this, or doing this out of love or out of judgment? Like if I see someone going to be falling off a cliff, you know, I'm going to go stop them because I love them and don't want them to fall over that. Not like, well, how they should know better than to walk near a cliff. You know, when they fall, I hope. But think, we do that. We just don't like to hear about that we do that. You know, my kids, they didn't go run to the first person and be like, oh, please remove this splinter. Like, that would be weird if they ran up to someone in the store and said, do you know I got a splinter? Could you remove it? If your kid does that, that's weird and awkward. But that also tells me if, your kid, if they do things like that in the spiritual, where they run to somebody else, that might tell you something about your relationship. That might tell you that you've been applying judgment without love and mercy. Sometimes we've got to assess ourselves. And that goes for dads and family. You know what I mean? Your kid might come to other people to get splinters. I don't know why they, they chose mom, because moms just do that. Dad, you get the fun stuff like, hey, you want me to throw you up six feet in the air and catch you and spin you around while your mom has a heart attack? It's so much fun. <laughs> Here, oh, you, you got to do all this bad stuff. you got to take splinters out and, and, you know, put the, like, peroxide in the cuts, and that's, that's the mom thing to do, right? Yeah. But really, it is, we don't run out to people and be like, let me remove that splinter from you. Let me do that. Let, you know what I mean? No, we go, we run to moms and we run to dads. You know, it's the same in the kingdom. Real relationships, not just acquaintances, can judge and help us walk out of sin and despair. A stranger is not going to help me walk out of sin. My family, if they say, what you're doing is hurting me, it's hurting you, and it's hurting God, I'm going to listen. Because I know my family loves me. I know they want good for me. And if they're saying, you're doing something that you should not be doing, I'm going to listen to them. But if a stranger walks up to me and says, you're doing this and this, I'll be like, I don't even know you. You don't even know me. Who are you? So that's the same thing. There's the first thing we can know is in relationship is how we can help people walk out of that sin or despair. Because in relationship, correction comes from love and not judgment. That's what we're trying to do. Grace and mercy, love and not judgment. Relationship makes that. That's why Christ did what? He died and went to the cross for us and rose again so that we could be in right relationship with God, right? It's all about relationship. God created Adam and Eve for relationship. You know, Jesus said, I call you friend, right? Because it's about relationship. Any correction should come out of relationship. If it doesn't come out of relationship, it ends up being punishment. So we have to look and say, if I'm going to bring correction, do I have relationship? 
So in Galatians 6.1, let's go there. This is saying, it starts with, I like that, it starts, it says, brothers and sisters. So this is talking about you have relationship. It's a family, right? Brothers and sisters, some of you in this group might do something wrong. That's true. You who are following the Spirit should go to one another who is sinning. Help make that person right again and do it in a gentle way. But be careful because you might be tempted to sin too. Help each other with your troubles. When you do this, you are obeying the law of Christ. I love that it says, you know, help make that person right and do it in a gentle way. I mean, any of us can put things under a microscope and find every little crease, every little thing that's wrong, every little piece of dirt. But it's saying, yes, you are supposed to say, hey, we don't want you to, to be sinning. We don't want you to go down this path. But we do it gently and in love. Because he said, you know, if you don't, same thing might happen to you. So if you're running around with this microscope, judging every person, every ministry, every situation, I would do it this way. Well, you don't know you would do it that way because you're not them and you're not in that spot. We've been ministry, I don't know how many years have we been. <laughs> we've been married 22 years, so that's how long we've been in ministry. <laughs> 23, because we were before we were married. And we've had so many people, you know, hate we're preaching the word of God, but they, we're just not doing it the way they want it done. And I look and I'm like, it, they're just running around with this microscope because they're so into judgment. I'm thinking, that is so sad. That is so sad. That is not the spirit of the Lord. You know, he doesn't come to, to bring judgment and condemnation and shame on us. And if we did that, none of us would be righteous. That's why we got to look at each other through the blood, through the intent, the big picture, like, oh man, they made a big blunder. But I can see them through the blood. See, it's not just God who needs to see through the blood. We also need to see like, hey, they're in the kingdom. They have the blood of Jesus covered that. Because if the blood of Jesus covered my junk, he also covered their junk. Some people's junk is more open and some is more hidden, but it's all the same. Jesus came for all of that. So we need to quit running around judging every person, ministry, situation that you would do it that way. You don't know. If there's something wrong and you're in a place to correct them, then you can do that in love. But we shouldn't be running around just correcting everything. I saw, there's, I'll tell you what, I watch this thing and it's like they take these worship songs and they literally just go on there and they pull them apart and judge them line by line and hate on believers and say, well, I didn't like that line. They're not God. I'm like, they're literally taking their time to just worship God. And you're taking one word and being like, they're not even saved because they said this. And I'm thinking, this is the worst thing I've seen online. It was just terrible. It was believers attacking other believers. I'm like, we have a real enemy and it's not each other. Did you guys know that? We have a real enemy. It's not each other. And I don't need to be like, well, they're singing hymns. I don't like I don't care. I, there's hymns that I love. That's great. Well, they're singing, you know, with a band. And I don't Are they praising the Lord? Are they bringing honor and glory and worship to him? Then it isn't your business. And it's not your place. And when I saw that, it just made me mad. I was like, I'm not going to listen to this anymore. 
And anyone who brings that to me, I'm not going to listen to them either. So if you have an issue with worship, don't come to me because I'll say, well, you know what? You probably wouldn't have noticed if you were just worshiping the Lord. Go, girl. <laughs> Judge me. <laughs> but really, if you're worried about what you like, I thought, I'm thinking... If you're so worried about what you like or what you think is right, did you ask God? Did you stop and say, God, what do you think about this? <laughs> no, no, no. We're too busy what we think that we want God to do. We don't control God. Did you guys know that we don't control God? We don't decide what he considers worthy praise or not. I don't know where I went with that, but God. This is good. So what do we do? There are times that we have to correct, right? You're not just going to let your kids, like, I don't know if I should say this. Okay, so I heard this new thing called gentle parenting. I was like, so you just let your kids do whatever they want, and you just say, oh, I don't think that's a good idea, and like, sticks over and over and over and over and over, and just remind them that you love them and never say no to them. I was like, this is messed up. It's not kingdom. It's not biblical. Because I'm like, we need correction sometimes. So when I heard that, I thought, man, that's the world's way of creating that you never have to submit to anybody, anytime, any place, ever. That's the enemy's plan to say, you know what? You don't have to be accountable to anyone ever in your life. And you know what? You can do whatever you want, whenever you want. Because that's what love is. And I thought, that's not what love is. <laughs> and so when I thought about that, I thought, you know what? How do we correct when we need to correct sometimes you need to say no to your kids right you know can i drive the car when i'm 10 no no i learned the hard way multiple times because i was dumb the first time that i thought you know youth kids they just they could just move the car let them practice moving it from one side of the driveway to the other <laughs> trying to give them grace, giving them opportunity, they feel big. Two times! One, they put it in the ditch, and I had to say, go get John, go get it out. <laughs> Kai was like this. All he had to do was go from one driveway to the next. Like, all you had to do is this, with a license, and you put my car in the ditch. The next one ran into the barn. Um, there's nothing there. It's a big field, but the barn, uh, you know. <laughs> So you need correction. I need a correction. Like, don't let people drive your car that don't have a license yet. I thought, you know, give them opportunity. I learned that. Like, you don't got a license, you don't drive my car now. You know, I let Mercy drive my car when she babysit, and it came back perfectly fine. You know why? Because she had a license. <laughs> but, you know, so I thought, we need to have correction but we need to do it in a good way. So, so let's figure out how do we do it when we need to correct. Because there's things in our life. Sometimes it's our, each other, our spouses. Sometimes it's just other believers in our community. Sometimes it's our children. Um, so how do we do that when we see like, oh man, I have a... The first thing is, do you have relationship with them? Have you spent any time actually praying for them, believing that God would speak to them? A lot of times I, when people come to me and say, do you know that they're doing this and this has got to change? I'm like, can we just wait? Because I think God's going to tell them first. Let's just pray that God speaks to them and we don't have to. There's the first thing. Do we have relationship with them? And if you have relationship, 
We need to pray. Make sure that you're listening to the Holy Spirit. We need to be like, God, is this what you want? Is this the time for me to say something? Is this this the place? Is this the person? Am I the person to do that? Right? If you were here last week, I'm going to bring you guys up again. When you're here last week, I have a relationship with you guys. If you guys were just strangers and your child was crying and I said, hey, can I help you out? Um, I got some tips for this. You would have been like, who is this lady coming up to me, right? But we have relationship and you knew, hey, she's worked in preschool. She does this for parents and I want my kid to quit crying. And it was welcomed in that moment, okay? So we need to make sure we're the right person, the right place, the right timing to say something. So the first thing, have relationship with them. If you don't, none of these will apply. So this is to people that you have relationship with. Not just your acquaintances that you say hi to. You need to have relationship if you're going to bring correction. God can bring us correction. You know why? Because we are in right relationship with the Lord through Jesus Christ, right? So God can correct anytime he wants because he's always in right relationship with us. First, we need relationship. Then we need to listen to the Holy Spirit. Do you guys know how important it is to listen to the Holy Spirit? You know what? I look at how many mistakes like the disciples made. They had the Holy Spirit, but not living. They had Jesus with them, and they still made all these things. And he said, I'm going to make it better. You get the Holy Spirit all the time, not just when I'm with you. How much better? So we have the Holy Spirit, so we actually have to ask the Holy Spirit, what am I supposed to do? What do you want me to do? What, what is going going on in this situation you know and the holy spirit you know he's a good guy he's gonna help you he never says no not today it's my day off he doesn't take days off and then the third thing i like and 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 we saw that in galatians says go to when you go and help them get right again it says do it gently Help each other when they're in trouble, but do it gently. I think I spoke about this last week. I'm like, if you're going to help someone or see if that's what they even are ready for. Ask, you know, hey, do you just need to vent a minute? I can't remember, but someone came up to me and said, I just need to vent. Okay, just say anything you want. You want a pillow to punch? I don't even know. Like, whatever you want to do. You need chocolate? Just vent. Get it all out. Then we'll get to the truth. It's fine. You know, do they just need to vent? Do they want your help? You have to ask them, would you like? Would you like some help? Would you like some advice? Would you like to know, maybe I went through that. Would you like to hear my testimony of that? Whatever it is, find out and do it gently because they might not be at the spot where they're ready to hear anything. You ever been with that and you gave advice and it came back and bit you in the butt? I did that a lot. I've done that a lot of times. I've gotten better at it um, because I've learned, which most of you that are laughing probably learn too. Like, you give advice, you may have the answer, but if you're not the person, the time, the place, and the season to give it, it's not going to go well. So, so make sure that you do it gently, that, you're the, that it's the right timing, you're the right person. And here's the part. If they reject your, your wisdom or God's word, then just pray for them. You don't need to convince them. God doesn't need you to be like, you better get in there. They quit believing me. They're not believing this. Get in there. Take care of it. He's God. He can handle that. Do you guys know that? He's God. He can handle that. So if they reject that wisdom, because you might say, but I brought the word of God to them. I brought the truth to them. That's right. You brought it. It is not your job to force them to believe it or act on it. 
contrary to what many of our own selfish beliefs may be. But you can continue to pray for them. I've had people that say, well, don't you pray for me? And I'm like, you can't stop me. I may not be able to give wisdom into your life. I may not be able to be around you. I may not be able to change your actions. But I'm going to pray for you. So, because it's not our job to bring them to repentance. It's, it's our job just to do what God says. So if they choose sin or they choose chaos, then let God handle it. He is the creator of the world, the universe, all mankind. Do we all agree on that? Like, I look and I'm thinking, you know, God used me as a buffer. If God has to correct you, I'm going to go over here and pray. I don't want to get the aftermath sometimes, right? You ever seen that where it's like, mm. <laughs> I think about David with that when he was being a little crazy. Yeah, I said it. You look in the Bible, sometimes David, he's like, yeah, I killed Goliath, and then I'm going to just mess with everyone's life and steal somebody's wife and have him killed. Like, what's up with that? And then I'm going to be like, God, you're so good. And I'm going to be like, God, you hate me, and be crap. What is right? So sometimes he was a little bit not right. And I just thought, I'm going to step away. we got to look and say, i got to step back and say, God, you can handle that. Because I can't. I couldn't take care of that. But God took care of David, didn't he? he? And he made his line come through him. God didn't need us to be like, oh, we better get David in line. Better get this mighty man in line. You know? No. If people don't listen, you did your part. If God said, say something, bring a gentle word to them, whatever it is, and you did it, and they still are angry or they reject it, that's okay. You don't have to keep going back and back and try to get them to see your perspective, your side. No, let God handle it. You know, we just got to pray, you know, that God is good and that he knows what needs to happen. That's how we do that mercy and grace and get out of that judgment spot. It's a lot more fun to encourage people than have to be the one to correct them, isn't it? It's a lot more fun and you have a lot more friends. But if there is correction, we need to look at that relationship. We need to say, I'm worried about you. You know, I see that this is detrimental to you. I see, you know, and I've had people that I've brought that, I've had relationship with them, and they have ignored it, and they've went to that, and I'm like, all I can do is pray. And that's where we need to be. We need to not do judgment. Like, well, they didn't do that, and they didn't listen, so all these bad things, I'm going to pray bad things to happen. No, I didn't say pray bad things to happen to them, okay? Because that's the other part, because our anger is like, well, I was right. I took it right from the Word of God. Why didn't they listen to me? I'm going to pray that they go through all of this stuff. That's called a curse. Did you guys know that? That's a curse. See, we don't like to talk about the other side of what it is. If you are praying, speaking to the Lord, that's prayer. If you're speaking to the Lord, that's prayer. If you are asking things that are contrary to God's word to have happen, what is that? That's a curse. 
See, we don't want to teach that stuff because we want to go around in, in, the, in, in the light of being like, I just, just bless their heart. Oh, my gosh, you just got to hear this about them. No, that's gossip. Well, at least we don't do this, you know. We should pray for them. Well, why did you have to tell everybody everything about their business so that you could pray for them? I'm pretty sure God hears you when you're standing alone, you know, in your room or up front, right? See, we got to look and say, when I pray, I can't be mad that they didn't hear me. I'm not going to pray in anger. It turns to cursing. Right? You stub your toe, you ain't, you ain't thanking the Lord, and, 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 right? You're, that's not righteous anger. I'm saying that because I dropped something on my toe today. I didn't, I didn't. All I did was cry and walk like this and hop around. And I was outside because I'm like, Lord, thank you that no one was around me when I stubbed my toe. Because the first thing, you ever stub your toe when someone's around you? Are you okay? And you're like, I'm going to punch you too. You need to feel my pain. I don't know what it is. It don't even matter if it's like a kid or something. You're like, get away from me. I don't care about you right now. I hurt my toe. Me and Lana talked about this. Like when I'm hurting, if, some, if you go to someone in that moment that they're injured and they want to injure you back, that's your thing to be like, I'm going to go pray for them. Lord, release that pain. Help them calm down. And then the next time I talk to him, it's probably going to be like a little bit like, it's like, oh, you look so pretty. And skinny, come on, we've been practicing all week. That is not a lie. Oh, you look so nice and skinny. Woo, got it. I know. So that's what I have on that, but I got to tell you a story that happened at my house week. So I dug around this tree and put like wood chips in. It looks all pretty because Lana's like, we did that at grandpa's. Can we do this at our house? I'm like, okay. So she's at school. I did this and it's all looks nice. It's got like the cedar chips in the middle and then it's got the dark chips on the outside and it's a circle that goes around. And Matt gets home. I said, I said, go out there and see what I did. I want you to tell me good things that I worked hard. <laughs> so he goes out. He goes, it looks nice, and it makes you look skinny. <laughs> so that was on Monday. I think that was on Monday. He, he heard the word last week. <laughs> so we have been practicing that all week. So, and it, it goes that going back to having grace and mercy and showing love, even if they're struggling. I mean... Dads, today I will give you, here's the things you do if you have a mom in your household. You go home, you clean, and you say, I really just want to clean up for you. Not what do you want me to clean. I'm giving you the words, okay? We're closing with this. I'd really like to just clean up for you. How would you like me to do that? What would you like to eat? I will go out anywhere and get it for you, whatever you want. Okay? And then when they sit down, you don't come up and ask them what they're doing. Okay? You just smile at them. If they choose to talk to you, that's fine. But don't go up to them when they look busy and be like, I got to tell you a story. This is my husband. Every time I'm doing my message, I don't know what it is. It's the Spirit of the Lord. My husband comes to me and he starts telling me something deep, and I'm like, I'm working. He's like, Oh, yeah. Five minutes later, he comes back. Oh, yeah. So, guys, let her talk first, get her some food, clean something, and you know what? Then if you have to talk about something, if there has to be correction, you're in a good spot, okay? Because my husband asked me, he's like, 
You know, will you make sure I have socks made tomorrow? And he did all of those things. He's going to have, his sock drawer is going to be so, you know, overflowing. And I'm just giving you a hint because there's so many socks that are unmated right now. So if you want socks tomorrow. <laughs> I've just been thinking about basket for a week. So. There's the other wisdom. <laughs> don't even say nothing. Just go in the dark. It don't even matter if they match. <laughs> we try to buy all the same color socks. <laughs> so they're not all the same brand. Feel free to mate them whenever you want. Oh, feel free. <laughs> that was the wrong answer. So, but just remember, we're showing mercy and grace to people. And if we have correction, make sure that we're not running around with a log in our eye and being like, look at that, look at that, look at, yo, look at those splinters, I can't believe. Instead of saying, man, it looks like they're going through a hard time. Man, the way they responded sounds painful. Sounds like they're hurting. Lord, what do you want me to do? God's like, you know what, right now, they mad. You just need to pray. Do not go out there. If you go in there, that's getting on you. You ever do that? You just know, walk away. My daughter on the other side, I'm going to finish. We had our anniversary 22 years on Friday, and we didn't see each other. And I was gone, and my daughter calls me, and she said, I want you to make Dad feel really good because he cleaned the house, but you had already kind of cleaned it, so he did some, like, microscopic things, like cleaning. No, like, they were good, like vacuuming the couch. She's like, so I want you to notice that. She's like, I'm giving you a heads up so that you can notice that Dad did that for you, so walk in, make a big deal. I'm like, she's so smart. The lights are off, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's so clean in here. This looks so good. Thank you for doing he does know when I'm lying, but you know what? It still makes him feel good. Yes, it does. You smile. Look at me. It makes tell me it makes you feel good. Damn it. Let's, let's wrap this up. That was a wait for a minute. He's smiling. He did. He felt good. But what I'm saying is we need to make sure that we're going in at the right time, the right season, the right place, even if there is correction, even even in that that Make sure we're getting those logs out of our eyes so that if we have to remove a splinter, we're the right person to do it. Not just running around doing it, but, you know, we're doing it out of love. So, well, let's just close.